highly performant blockchain networks can claim five years of uninterrupted uptime. In fact, depending on how you define highly performant, I'm pretty sure EOS is the only such network that will be able to make that claim in just a few weeks. So we've put together a little something for the community to celebrate and remember some of our best EOS moments of the last five years. And we'll get back into that in just a bit, right after I wrap up this intro. So thanks for joining everyone. My name is Stefan, I'm one of the co-founders of EOS Nation. We're currently top ranked block producer on EOS and other antelope chains like Wax. And I'm happy and honored to be your host for today. So thanks everyone for joining on Discord. What are we at? 40 people on Discord, more on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being part of the EOS community. We want to hear from you. This fireside chat is for the community and we love it when the community asks us questions, leaves some comments, whether it's on the voice chat here on Discord on stage with me or through the, tel the text chats on whether whatever platform you're watching us on. Leave some comments, leave some questions and join the conversation. Share some pictures like some great fire logs that Yana just shared in the chat. Share those, spam those emojis. And uh, yeah, let's have, uh, let's have a good show. So EOS moments, five years of battle-tested blockchain tech. If you haven't uh, seen it yet, this is a promotion that uh, my team has been working on in collaboration with the ENF, of course. Share the link here in the chat. We're talking the history of EOS is one of performance, community, and resilience. And in the next couple of weeks, we want to highlight a lot of the great moments that the EOS community has had. There's been some rough ones. Can't, can't, can't completely ignore those and not acknowledge them. But there's been some pretty amazing ones as well. And those are the ones we want to focus on today and as we lead up to the five-year anniversary. So as you can see in that tweet thread, um, we've compiled a list of our favorite 21 EOS moments over the last five years. And we'll be kind of revealing these moments over the next couple of weeks leading up to the five-year anniversary, which is technically on June 8th. So that's Thursday, June 8th at 8 a.m. and 8 minutes um, when the first block was confirmed. Now the chain was only activated a couple days later, so there's, it, it's, it, was a, it was a process, right, to launch the chain. But I think the most obvious moment to, to celebrate would be if we had to pick a single second, of course, it would be when the original block was confirmed. So that's on June 8th, uh, on Thursday in two weeks. <clears throat> June 7, excuse me, June 7, one day before that, we'll be hosting a anniversary special for the fireside and we'll also be opening our five years of eos moments nft nft packs that the community is going to be accumulating between now and then so if you haven't uh joined the bounty block contest yet check out that link retweet like follow not too complicated join bounty block every entry earns you a pack you'll be able to earn a couple packs over the next couple weeks and then we'll get to open them uh together on June 7th for the uh, Fireside Anniversary Edition. All right. Um, so let's, let's 
see what these first five moments uh, are that, that we could took. Now, of course, there's a lot of moments to choose from. Um, we couldn't include them all. If we didn't include one of your favorite moments, please definitely jump on here and let us know some of your favorite moments. We're covering kind of the first year and a half today of the, of the network. And if there's some, uh, some other memories you have or whatever, I'd love to hear from you. If you were part of these moments that we highlighted, um, we'd love to hear from you as well. And also, uh, yeah, so jump, jump, on, jump on stage with me for, for the conversation. Leave your messages in the text chat or even fill out a form if you want to uh, potentially be included in some of this five-year anniversary content that we're working on. So I'm going to share the link below. I'm going to share it a couple more times during the show as well. So yeah, we want to hear from you guys. All right, I'm seeing that the pop bot is not activated. Let me go activate that real quick. I think Sam is on it now. So we're good for that. All right, five years of EOS moments. First moments, of course, Genesis block, June 8th, like I said. So in the chat here, what I'd like to see is who of these 45 people that are with us today, almost five years later, who was there on June 8th? Uh, for the launch of the network. Let's see some ones in the chat if you were a EOS token holder when the EOS network launched. I'm expecting to see a fair amount of ones from all of these OGs in here, but also put out a zero if you were not actually an EOS holder at the time of Genesis and you joined the, the actually let's put a two, I don't wanna put a zero, it sounds, sounds, sounds rude. Let's put a two if you joined after the Genesis one if you joined before Genesis. There we go. We've got Akihi, Akihi putting in some two jackbites, putting in some, some more original community members here. Let's see who we got. We got Bywire, Mel, Lars, Yana, Lovejoy. And as James says, he was not there. Lenny was there. Sebastian, Yevin, Taylor, Daniel Keys, June, Zach, Bjorn. A lot of original EOS holders love it. Got the Genesis accounts to prove it. Drew coming in with this, with the facts and the stats. I like it. Um, yeah, anyone uh, here have any stories they want to share about the launch of the network? Maybe it was at a you know particular time in your life. Maybe you did a you were with some particular friends or EOS holders, or maybe it means something to you for another reason. Would love to hear from you guys, either in the chat or of course, just jump on stage. Let's, uh, let's hear from you guys. I'm very happy to share my thoughts and feelings about these moments. I've been here since, I think, September 2016, when I started purchasing EOS for the first time. And I've certainly been through it all, showing up pretty much every day in the community. So I've got lots to say, but I wanna hear from you guys. I don't wanna just hog the airtime here. Well, this is Lars. If you want, I can tell one. Absolutely, I want to. So, let's say you can hear me, right? 
Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, you so us. like, okay, so Lovejoy and uh, my friend Mark Bailey sort of got me into all of like blockchain, I'd say 2016 uh, through Steemit. And it was more or less like that, which was sort of uh, what eventually led me to getting into um, EOS. And I was like, just such a maxi for it, like when it was still just a rumor. And um, I, at the time, like, I mean, when the first token distribution began and everything, it, you, you know, I think US users were pretty much locked out of that. So I just remember having like some steam that I had to more or less like convert to Ethereum. And I remember I like this is my earliest memory of like really, really getting deep into the the weeds with where EOS was going to be going. I remember sending like a large amount to like a smart contract to get ERC twenties. Like and I remember having to run a VPN and I remember having to um I, I was convinced I was like, I'm never going to see this this again. Like all this money is gonna be gone forever. And um and uh, yeah, because I mean, at the time, I think the the work through or the process to do that to claim like these ERC twenties to be part of that first token distribution was pretty much just like random Reddit threads, and then like little like smart contract uh, addresses that like really seemed super shady and like it it wasn't gonna really happen. But it it worked actually, it, it worked. And I remember when that first token distribution that was like for you know, and still this day actually, I was I'm really proud to be on that first like zero distribution and like one day in my nerdy retirement age i'm going to like print that off the chain and off a of block explorer and just kind of have that up on the wall frame that i was like a part of that first zero distribution very cool very cool uh thanks for sharing there lars and as james shared in the chat would love for you to join us on stage if you can and as james hello 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 I think it's uh, I was obviously there for for the launch. Um, I was trying to find it. There's a picture of us in that house in San Francisco where like everybody is drinking and having beers and wine because there was the go no go call and it was a go um, <laughs> like I'm stuck at the table trying to merge in commits for uh, we, we had like a, a clone repository from the EOS mainnet uh that we had to like merge all of the uh, the original governance documents into and the configurations and all that stuff and, like we I'm hadn't really done any of it uh nathan i'm i'm searching i i know i have that picture somewhere there's i can't find it anywhere but there's a there was a lot of really good uh people that were there from the um from the from the initial launch uh, a lot of the bps were there a lot of the early community members were there um and in general that whole tulip conference was a really uh, exciting experience for eos yeah that i was there at the tulip conference actually definitely the most exciting crypto conference i was part of and it was kind of surreal to me first time going to california first time going to san francisco first time being surrounded by all these extremely intelligent people working on bleeding edge tech and uh yeah i felt uh i felt in awe of, of all of these people and, and not just the people there in san francisco but also of course around the world that were coordinating um you you, you mentioned the go or no go call 
I think I was at the conference for one of those calls and I was in a room with a bunch of other people and I just I just remember feeling how epic that moment was surrounded by all these people that had so much uh, hope for the future and a new way of doing things and building things and uh, yeah definitely Tulip Conference w w was pretty awesome. Yeah, we so there was a whole bunch of us in that Airbnb and um, a lot of them were the BPs. So when that call was happening, they just put it up on the big TV uh, and like aimed the camera at the room that we were all sitting in. So it was, it was a really interesting. It kind of felt like some NASA dashboard where you saw all these other people trying to coordinate this launch. Uh, and then you were in some kind of like a uh, battle station with it was just a really, really interesting um, display of people coming together to do something which they thought was incredible. I. I was hunkered down in a house with uh, Rob Rigo and Adam Zantarski and uh, F Phil Philip Wizzlewaddy. I always screw up his last name, and a, and other crew people in in Detroit at the time for the Go No Go. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, just echoing sentiments of what you just said, Nathan. It was uh, it was a sight to behold. I mean, I wasn't really participating in the technical side. I was uh, doing some some filming and stuff and just kind of writing and observing everything that was happening. But it just felt like uh, such a monumental coordination event across the whole globe. It would felt like a very special moment in history at the time. So very cool to be a part of. I was looking for Rob Rico and others in the, in the chat, but I don't see anybody yet. Unless hey, how's are. it going? Hey, you remember <laughs> i jumped in the middle of the combo i heard you talking about go no go yeah we were we were sharing our uh, memories of launch essentially um and i was just saying we were all hunkered down in a house in detroit i think it was uh um forgetting whose house it was now but i yeah, remember dude. being at tulip conference do i have that mixed up <clears throat> And uh, I, I think you were there. There's, there's a lot of people having a great time. And I was like, oh, shit, we got to get our nodes ready. And at the time, I was doing all the node operations. So I was just kind of at the place we were staying, trying to make sure everything was ready. When did block producer votes start coming in? That wasn't on block one, was it? What do you mean on block one? Like, like oh, like the, on like the, the first, first block? block got confirmed, you know, the chain officially launched, but then there was an activation period, right? Where a bunch, 15%. Okay, so I have a story for you, actually. I, yeah. The shit show of the early wallets. Um, oh, so it, we didn't know what would be the mainnet. In fact, we actually thought that there would be multiple mainnets in the start. Uh, so the first version of scatter and uh, most other wallets had to be built with the ability to have unknown chains added to it unknown networks um so 
we ended up actually launching with only one network, which was very different than what most of us expected. We thought that there was going to be uh, at least two or three which would try to fight for each other. And then some exchange would come in and uh, say, hey, you know what? This is the fucking network, right? Because the exchanges would ultimately decide uh, where which token would be listed. But it was like the first day that uh, a network went live, uh, everybody kind of jumped on board and was like, all right, this is EOS and the exchanges instantly listed it. And uh, well, not instantly, but very quickly thereafter. Um, and then in in Scatter, we had to go. And this is why I was sleeping on that couch after two days of just being awake was because I was doing support basically for most of the community because all of the voting dApps uh, had to use Scatter because it was the only wallet at the time that you had to that you could use decentralized applications with. Um, and we had to explain to everybody how to go in and add this network, which was now uh, the mainnet. We were doing like patch launches or patch fixes to try to add the network manually, but it wasn't installing for everybody because Chrome extensions need time to like uh, be verified. And it was, it was crazy. And there was, I think there was like 20,000 people in the EOS group, just all ready to get online and, and vote and like put their, put their word down on who should be the BPs and, that I mean that and that whole voting process was I think something that nobody had really seen in Web three or blockchains in general at that point. So it was also very novel. From my perspective as a hopeful block producer, I just remember the moment. I think it was early in the morning. We were in a Airbnb in San Francisco. I was there with Benny, and then the votes went live. I, I think it was after activation. I'm not sure, um, but I just remember wondering, like, are we going to have a shot as EOS Nation to be, you know, a, a top block producer, or do we have no shots? And we had been working up for three months, basically full time, up until then, to try to get the word out of our team, our project, our vision. Kind of what we wanted to see and we had no idea if people were actually vote for us or not and that was the first time that we got you know market feedback to see if if what we were saying and doing out there uh, resonated with people and um we were i was thrilled to see us in the top 21 right when the network launched there was a lot of movement in these early days i think we peaked at like top four if i remember correctly i don't know denis maybe denis remembers i took a screenshot and then we got bumped out of the top 21 uh, fairly soon after that and it's been anyways but yeah but that, that moment for me is probably one of the my most memorable from the launch and then the other one was the go or no go vote leading up to there with all of these bps on their laptops in that same room at the tulip conference that was the other. And, th and then the club later on that night, I remember having a pretty good time there, but those memories are pretty vague. All right, well, we'll keep going uh, to the next moment, uh, but this one obviously, uh, Genesis Block, pretty big moment if you guys have uh, if you remember stories you want to share later on in the show don't worry at all jump in and, and you know feel free to share those stories and again also if you're listening in not live not on discord can't jump on stage with us 
take a look at um, the Google form that I shared earlier in the show and share your thoughts there. All right, moment number two um, that we chose for this list was the first EOS community conference. So in August of 2018, the community was drawn together for the first EOS community conference held in Seoul, Korea. A lot of enduring relationships were formed within the EOS community of investors, builders, and block producers. All right, let's do it again. Let's see in the chat, number ones, if you were at the ECC in Seoul, zero if you were not. I was not there. Actually, the, the, the Tulip Festival is actually the last EOS conference I've been to, which is very sad, and I'm really looking forward to trying to be there. Yeah, a lot of zeros on this one. I wasn't expecting this North American crowd uh, for many of us to have flown over to to Seoul. Oh, we got a sneaky one in there from Eve. That's right. Eve was there. Yas Nation. Um, we're one of the sponsors of that conference and Eve did. We paid that. for all of it because some people didn't know how to properly manage a treasury. Details, details. Um, but uh, yeah, it came together from what I heard was very good. I know Eve, if you want to share a couple uh, thoughts from that conference. And who else put a one? J uh, Nathan was also there. Very cool. Uh, the conference was was very well organized. Um, it, it was it, it was pretty awesome actually in terms of logistics. It would have been really really well done. Um, in terms of financial management, it was as poor as it can be, and so we ended up as the Oz Nation ended up having to pay for the majority of it because of mistakes of organizers. Um, and so that's a, a big part of my memory of that is just a massive, massive bill at a time where EOS Nation was not even a block producer. So it was just completely out of pocket. Yes. Um, but a lot of great relationships were formed at that time. And I think it was just critical that this happened. And it's, it's kind of impressive, actually, that it happened only two months after launch. So when I was doing some research for these moments and stuff, uh, like, you know, five years ago, not all the t details are still clear in my head. And this was kind of surprising to me that how quickly, you know, the community came together and they're like, yo, we need to host a conference. We need to, to show up together. So that was very cool. Nice picture, Nathan, that you shared. Very cool. Uh, one cool story from that is I think uh, Nathan is when uh, him and I met for the first time in person and when is it is it that one nathan where we we're all on the plane together is that yes one? oh god yes please tell that story okay so th this i guess is a good story um so everybody was in korea and then after the ecc in seoul um there were uh, a few bps that were organizing an event in shanghai and so the majority of people that were in seoul obviously were going to head to shanghai afterwards and um the the at, at this time of year it was uh, typhoon season and it just happened to be that when everybody was scheduled to depart seoul to go to shanghai within a very short period of time i think it was one or two days there was a typhoon and so all flights or typhoon heading on the way and so you knew this in advance and so a bunch of flights were preemptively being cancelled and um, because everybody was going to the same event, essentially everybody rebooked 
on flights in order to be able to make it to Shanghai before uh, all flights were, were canceled. And so you had you know, everybody who was in, in Seoul together. I don't know how many VPs were there, but let's say it's 20, 25 different VP teams, the majority of the top 21 at the time, um, the majority of the big developers in the ecosystem, everybody essentially was reverted on two flights. So we had in the air uh, at the same time, two planes that had, I don't know, 80, 90% of the, uh, I guess, main stakeholders in EOS all crammed into two planes. And if those two planes ever crashed or if something happened to those two planes, EOS was done. Like it was, it was, it was really, really, really bad. Everybody got reverted because of this flying to make it just before the typhoon hits. I think we landed and it was, it was raining and such, and basically everybody landed an hour or so before then everything shut down. Um, and then the events continued in, in Shanghai and such, and some people weren't able to get out. But uh, I remember being in the plane, and I think I was sitting beside you, Nathan. I think yep. Nathan and I were, were sitting together. And I took a picture, I'll also try to find that picture, and I took a picture of the flight, and 80% of people in that plane were all the people from EOS. And there were two planes like this. And so these two planes contained whatever it is, like the majority of stakeholders in EOS all in one go. And everybody was you know, kind of joking that if these two planes go down, like that's it, EOS is done. And then while we're doing that, the plane that has like, like extreme turbulence, and you know when you're on your plane and there's extreme turbulence, you look around and you try to find the people who are calm-faced, but we're all in there like, wait, what the fuck is happening? And we're looking around and nobody's calm-faced. And we're like, oh shit, this is it. Um, and then once we landed in Shanghai, I remember uh, that... Uh, we had a dinner that was organized um, and during the dinner, the top 21 BPs were pulled out because there was an issue uh, on chain. And so everybody's phone started ringing. There was essentially, I believe, a level zero bug that had been found. And um, that is, if I'm not mistaken, that is when the chain, the only time ever that the chain shut down for, I think it was three hours or something like that. Um, and, and those BPs were all at a dinner together. Everybody was at a dinner together. We had maybe two or 300 people. The top 21 were pulled aside. They were briefed, I believe, uh, by engineers at Block One that this bug had been found, had been submitted by, I think, through the, the, um, uh, uh, the, the, the program, the bounty program, and the chain needed to be patched, um, uh, essentially you know, on the go type of thing. Um, so that whatever week span period, a lot of events happen within that time that are not really well known. All right. Um, our third moment here in November 2018. So again, just a couple months after the EOS community conference the community constitution was signed. So after many months of debate, consensus was reached within the network and the EOS user agreement was signed into effect by the leading block producers. A lot of, a lot of drama went into this EOS user agreement leading up to it anyways. I feel like uh, not so, it didn't, that was kind of the culmination of a lot of drama and was a, a very emotional part of the EOS history. 
let's just say, with ECAF and, and that whole uh, governance attempt. I'm sure a lot of you in here um, were present back then. I don't know if anyone has any thoughts or any comments on some of the some of the moments leading up to the EOS user agreement being signed. Would love to hear from you. That was uh, yeah, that's that's the community constitution. Um, moment number four, the EOS torch. That was a fun one. So in March 2018, now we're about six months later. Um, this is a, was a fun on-chain community building activity, and I'm very curious to see how many people in this chat were actually part of the torch relay that was created. So we created this torch token and we were just passing it around uh, from community member to community member. Um, let's see some ones in the chat if you held the EOS torch at some point. Yes, Denis, coming in with a quick one for the EOS torch. We had uh, we had fun with the, uh, with the EOS torch at EOS Nation. Um, Denis built what was potentially one of the most the longest msig in at that time for history or it was a massive relay within the entire eos nation team and our eos nation ambassadors so i don't remember exactly how many people in total we had on that msig but we drafted an msig we had i don't know 25 30 people or something 32. like that 32 there you go Daniel uh, Keys coming in. We, uh, we, the website's still up. Some of the things are broken on that page. I dropped the link in the chat for anyone interested. Or an old relic of history, esnation.io slash torch, where we list all of the members of the team. And we used yeah. to have a nice little map that mapped out the route of our torch around the world. That That's seems right. to be no longer working, unfortunately. 32-person MSIG. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. Um, EOS Authority, I think, still has the list of all of the torch holders. Let me see if I can find that. EOS Authority torch. But it uh, doesn't look like many torch holders in the chat. I'm kind of surprised. Just, just EOS Nation so far. Quiz. Who, who, who deployed the torch token? Oh, ho. I feel like Denis could answer I know this. this. I know this one. I, I actually don't know. I'm actually looking it up. I, I forgot. And I'm trying to look for a transaction of yeah, who did create the torch. I, from what I remember, it is Rude Mudcrab deployed mm -hmm. the first NFT on EOS, and it was the EOS torch token. But this wasn't uh, an NFT. This was an actual token with a supply of At the one. time, I think they called it an NFT. Yeah, yeah. I guess it is kind of an NFT. <laughs> it is, as, you know, it's, it's a one-for-one. One. It's a single yeah. example of it. 
Yeah. Did anybody try sending a 0.5 of the torch to anybody? Like, was it was it divisible? No, it was it was actually like a precision of zero supply of right. one, so you couldn't send like half half a torch. Yeah, so that's pretty pretty NFT. <laughs> exactly. Um, total holders 163. I can see it here on the uh, EOS Authority website. Someone's still holding yeah. it. Who's, who's got it? Yeah. Exactly. Let's shame this account. This Genesis account, GU2TSM. Pass the torch. Pass the torch. Let's revive it four years later. November 3rd is when the torch stalled and uh, stopped being the, the before last account was passed the torch. But um, yeah, some Genesis holder. Is holding a, a long forgotten torch in his account. Hey, Perry, coming in with some community constitution comment. What was that all about, Perry? Jump on stage here with us for a second. Maybe Perry cannot jump on stage today. Oh, I didn't, I didn't hear you call my name. I just rejoined. There you go. Yeah, no, I just saw your, your comment there about the, uh, the EOS user agreement. Yeah, Where... I, I remember, I remember uh, compiling and aggregating everybody's uh, ideas. And I thought there's so many great ideas here. Uh, why don't I synthesize it and distill it down into one and maybe add some of my own? So that's what you see is an article that I wrote but way back then when we were discussing that. To go back on one of your comments about the, uh, the launch, what I remember, just being absolutely fascinated. I, I wasn't part of the actual technical launch. I was a, an observer at that time, uh, but definitely uh, an investor. Uh, and... What I remember is just the, 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 the wonderful feeling seeing people from all around the world with such different lives and different places coming together and, and doing this. Uh, it, 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 just, it, was a, it was a great feeling. Uh, and of course, we all know that didn't last very long. Uh, the other thing I remember was the disco ball and the disco music that followed all of that and the nerdiness of it all. <laughs> so those were pleasant, pleasant memories of mine of, of those. And they seem like forever ago, but they were just five years ago. So thanks. Thanks, Stefan. Very cool. Thanks, Perry, for jumping on. Uh, I'm not surprised that you wrote a uh, a nice blog post here about the Constitution way back then. Sounds sounds seems like you've been pretty consistent over the year in your uh, areas of interest. That's exactly right. I've been focused on it, and now we're we're working on Eden on EOS and Eden Fractal, and uh, it's the, a quest, long the quest continues. The quest continues exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm very, I'm very happy that uh, some people uh, are continuing that quest. 
Personally, it's not one of the areas that excites me the most about blockchain or EOS, etc. Uh, but I know it's very important, and uh, you know we need all sorts of people in here to make this community great. So, um, got lots of cool comments here in the chat. Uh, Lovejoy, wondering if we could hear him or if we're just all ignoring him. Uh, no, we couldn't hear you, Lovejoy. Zach Gall found an uh, EOS Torch Twitter account. Oh my! I didn't even. I for, totally forgot about this. There you go. Automated EOS Torch account. Very cool. And I found the uh, the MSIG for the EOS Nation Asset Torch. So there's 34 signatures. This must be the biggest MSIG because there wasn't really much MSIGs happening uh, four years ago. But uh, there's every single person that has signed. And in the transaction, um, every two minutes, it deferred a transaction they would pass the torch, wait two minutes, pass the torch, wait two minutes, pass the torch, wait two minutes. And everybody was pre-approved for the, uh, you know, it's one big giant transaction. Quite, uh... Very cool, very cool. And yeah, this was part of the point of the EOS torch was kind of to flex the easy usability, the performance, and, you know, the possibilities of, of, of EOS. And uh, we got Denny here to flex his uh, MSIG muscle on that one. Torch. You can hear me now, can't you? Now we can hear you, Lovejoy. Welcome to the fireside. What I have you been to, telling us for I the had, past well, I can't minutes? tell you now, but I had to say the magic <laughs> word torch in order to get back in. I just there figured you it go. Out. But uh, let's throw it back to the other topics, Lovejoy, if you had stuff uh, you wanted to share or... or, or or, or did the moment pass? No, I just um, I just wrote it in chat because I was wondering the location of the torch. Now mm. I want it to keep moving. We need exactly to, right. We should we should things. try to find this person. Keep the torch. Revive the torch That's for the great. fifth anniversary. Yeah. All right. Let's see. What is our next moment here? Uh, the fifth moment, which is not really one specific moment, but kind of encapsulates many moments. We called it the scholars and, you know, starting in 2018 and continuing to this day, offline and online hackathons give our EOS blockchain scholars the opportunity to meet up, collaborate and build together. Which EOS or Antelope hackathons have you participated in? So let's see some uh, let's see some ones in the chat if you've ever participated to at least one EOS or Antelope hackathon, and then let's see some names of the hackathons that you participated. Uh, there was there were uh, a bunch of uh, hackathons from Block One. They've been a bunch of hackathons from other organizations as well. The I remember the DAP Network had a hackathon. The Dacathons were a pretty popular. A bunch of those happened. Lately, there was the EVM Ideathon. There's the Upland uh, hackathon that's going on right now in partnership with the ENF. Yeah, I am unfortunately a zero for this question. I've not participated in any hackathons. Very sad. Um, we got Lovejoy, we got NS James, Daniel Keys, Lars, Jackbytes. Daniel Keys says he went to the San Francisco event. He's still got the swag to prove it. 
That's it. Only only five. Five people in the chat right now can claim they've been to a hackathon. I'm surprised. I would have expected higher. Oh, here we go. We got Zach coming in with a picture of him at the hackathon. Not just the one. He's sharing the receipts. There you go. The old the old school everything EOS crew. <clears throat> what about the Oslo BP Summit? Oslo the EOS BP Summit. Summit. It wasn't really a hackathon, but yeah, let's put it happen. in there. Why not? Hack till dawn. First hackathon ever. There you go. Any fun hackathon stories anyone want to share with us? It's the only time I ever got money from Block One. Nice. And at the same time, so speaking of that, speaking of the only time Nathan James, one of the top contributors in the ecosystem ever got money from block one, maybe we can move on uh, to our next topic, which is justice for EOS. Big, uh, a lot of discussions have has had has been had on this topic. Um, real quickly, for those who aren't sure what I'm talking about, Yves Larose, a couple of days ago, the CEO and founder of the EOS Network Foundation, published an open letter stating that the EOS Network should take action against Block One. Let me share that link here in the chat. I'm also going to share uh, a tweet thread from Eve for those uh, who may have missed it. And basically, I'm just going to highlight, just going to read a portion of the letter here that kind of summarizes the points. The letter states that as a result of Block One's broken promises, the EOS network is undercapitalized and the development of the EOS network has been significantly stunted. The EOS network should take action to hold B1 to its promises. After extensive review, there are two possible ways to do that. EOS token holders, especially block producers, should consider taking legal proceedings against Block One for breaking its promise to invest in the eco EOS ecosystem. An action against Block One by EOS token holders for its misrepresentation seems warranted. EOS token holders purchase their tokens until September 1, 2021, relying on B1 representations of ongoing investments in the EOS ecosystem. That investment, if it had occurred, would have greatly improved the functionality of the EOS network and the value of the EOS tokens. Instead, Block One has kept the 1 billion of promised investments for itself. Given the lack of action by Block One to fulfill its promises, we can only conclude that Block One never intended to make the investments it promised. If enough token holders are interested in making a legal claim, a class action lawsuit is a possibility. The EOS Network Foundation is prepared to assist in bringing EOS token holders together for the purposes of advancing a claim against Block One. So that was one of the possible ways suggested in this letter and the other would be for the EOS network block producers to to consider a hard fork to exclude block one owned tokens and exclude bullish from participation in EOS token trading this would have the effect of decreasing the outstanding volumes of 
EOS tokens. More importantly, it would have the effect of fully separating the EOS network from its association with block one, driving further confidence in the EOS network. Big, big open letter here. This is a topic that a lot of people in the EOS community have been wondering what the status is. The ENF had mentioned that they were studying the possibility of, uh, of legal action against uh, block one. And now um, we got some news about that. All right, so I'm not a lawyer, far from it. So I'm not going to be uh, claiming to understand all of the implications here or understand what the best course of action for the EOS network is. Um, but I'm sure uh, many of you have uh, many opinions that you've shared in the chats over the last few days. Maybe you want to come on, on stage with me and, and share your thoughts on this matter as well. So I'm just going to leave it there for now and see who wants to uh, come on stage and, and talk a bit about, about this letter. How about some uh, ones in the chat? If you think there should be some sort of legal action taking, taken against Block One, may not be in the exact form that was uh, mentioned here in the, uh, in the letter, but uh, yeah, let's see some ones in the chat. If you are for legal action in some way or zero, if you are against legal action and you think that it's not in the best interest of the EOS network. Uh, to pursue legal action. I have a question, Stefan. We've got a three coming in from Maro. <laughs> well done, Maro. Yes, Perry. I'm not surprised to hear from you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, see, let, let's see what you have to say. I'm, I'm curious. Okay, well, it's really just a question because uh, I'd, like I'd like to educate myself. Is there any indication uh, that bullish plans to uh, do anything beyond simply trading the EOS token with the token? I have not seen any concrete actions towards that. And from what I know of Block 1 and Bullish, I would say probably not. So they, they, they still have it listed, uh, and we don't have any indication of any change of that, and this is this letter is suggesting that uh, any tokens that they have on the exchange just disappear. Is that do I have that right? Um, you're probably in a better position to understand uh, this letter than I am, to be honest. But that does sound like um, this. You know, that's kind of what would be included in the hard fork. Exclude block one owned tokens. Now, are those tokens listed block one owned or are they uh, customer owned? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how we'd be able to determine that. That's another good question. I'm, I'm, I guess my general response is how would that how would that particular aspect help help the community, regardless of whether you know, yeah, how would how would that help the community? I'm sure. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Um, if anyone, if anyone else wants to chime in here, please, uh, please feel very free to do that. That's really a question for Eves, to be honest. Yeah, and uh, probably not going to get a comment. I mean, it's it's a right. very um, yeah. Um, all I could say is um, submit. Uh, your messages to legal at eosnetwork.com. Um, that's about the extent of what I'll say. I, I'm not involved with this file at all. So even if you ask me questions, I don't probably know all the answers. So uh, there, there's uh, been, been, a, been a good response so far uh, with, with the emails though. I still need to send in uh, my email. Um, one thing I was wondering is that if, if I should be reaching out to a lot of people over the last five years that have purchased EOS tokens because of me, not necessarily because I told them to purchase, um, but because they ask what I'm working on or I share updates about EOS and, and then, you know, they purchase tokens. So I definitely know a lot of people who have purchased EOS tokens. Um, I'm considering just kind of sending out a mass email to, to all of the people who've invested in crypto alongside me over the last five years and potentially just sharing the text here. There's a template from Trimbot. I'm going to share the tweet here for those uh, who don't want to necessarily think of exactly what you need to write in this email, you know, uh, Trimbot, Trimbot's done it for you. Very, uh, very simple. Just basically states that your NEOS token holders interested in participating in class action against Block One for failure to fulfill their promises made prior to September 1st. That's when their tokens were frozen uh, in 2021, including the deployment of $1 billion into the EOS ecosystem, into the EOS network. And I know that this $1 billion promise is a big reason why many, many people got into EOS. It's a big reason why I got into EOS for sure. I was like, this is on track to be the largest ICO ever. That means this network is going to be the best funded network ever. Felt like there was a lot of momentum, uh, a lot of great, great people working on it. There was going to be plenty of funding for these great people. And that was definitely a big reason why I was very hyped uh, about EOS and a big reason why I'm, why I'm still here five years later, still in the EOS community. Uh, obviously, I don't believe anymore in this fake billion dollar promise. Um, and yeah, and I think, I think we should be doing what we can to hold uh, block one accountable as much as possible. I, um, I wouldn't only consider EOS token holders either. I mean, anyone who invested time, money, uh, man hours into the promises of maintaining EOS IO, for example, so private enterprise, people that built out the infrastructure for enterprise consulting businesses, for example, or deployed their own versions of EOS IO chains, for example, and invested hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars into those projects based on certain promises. Love Joe, you getting ready to, to <laughs> jump in here or what? Uh, I'm tempted, but I'm just chilling. You're just chilling. Tempted, yeah. but chilling. Fair enough. Fair enough. You stop it. Can I ask something? Yes. Yes, of course. 
So uh, my question is to Eve. I mean, Eve's, letter, Eve's name is on a letter. Um, why now? What prompted the letter? Um, you noted a review, extensive review maybe. And I'm wondering if that prompted, like the results of that review prompted the letter. I'd like to understand like what the process of the review was. I'd also like to understand what happened with 4 billion Dow, you know, um, is that kind of related to the decision to publish the letter as CEO of the ENF? Um, so just a few questions there, uh, pointed to Eve because your name's on the letter, if you're able to respond. Yeah, like Zach said, I'm not sure how much Eve is going to be uh, jumping in here, um, but I'm glad I'm, I'm I'm glad you asked the question. It's a it's a good question, for sure. It's um, it's um, it's I don't want to say it's odd. It's it's uh, it's noteworthy that you know uh, Eve would pen the letter, put his name on it, but not be able to even um speak at a high level even abstractly even even just to say i can't say anything for legal reasons i'm not like it's uh i'd, I'd like to say his oh, I'm mic, sorry. if you yeah. look at the icon in discord his mic his headphones off so he can't hear okay it's but, even available yeah, that's that's okay thank you uh, if that's every the case, one of these calls are recorded every single speech that eve has ever given at a conference is recorded by certain third parties. Like I have, I saw it firsthand. Like that, that's what everyone kind of needs to consider is like anything shared publicly is shared. It, it removes any element of surprise. And he's, he's stated that on a previous uh, fireside before. I guess I'm not, Zach, I, don't, I mean, I'm not surprised in the least. I think it's been clear um, all, all along the way, uh, E's position, you know, about B1's shortcomings and their inability to follow through on a lot of their commitments. Um, but my question stands is, why now? You know, and then he noted a review. There was also the 4 billion Dow. So those are the kind of pointed questions I have. I'm not surprised in the least. But if he's not on the call effectively, uh, then I guess this is a question to him. Hopefully he can address it maybe if he listens afterwards or if the question gets to him through another channel, um, if he can address it some other way. It'd be appreciated. I would I would appeal to Eves as as a samurai as the bearded samurai the discipline of the samurai is based in part on the the martial art of aikido and in aikido there is the principle of using the energy of your enemy to your advantage I would ask him to consider using the energy of bullish 
to our advantage. I'm not sure if this is the right move. Thank you. Also, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that B1 is our, is our enemy. Uh, I'm not making that judgment. But if, if they are, uh, we should use their energy. It's kind of wasteful, I think. I don't think they um, need to suck up too much energy. Obviously, this is a talking point. For this week, because everything's um, kind of been revitalized with the letter over the weekend, um, it's going to be a process. Um, I would just, I'll just repeat, submit your emails uh, to legal at eosnetwork.com. And that's probably the best thing anyone could do right now. And I guess timing matters on these emails. So, you know, the more emails are sent, the quicker, the more, uh, you know, the, the more people show interest, the likelier, I guess, it is to, to continue forward with these. Yeah, I, I also don't want to, I don't think anyone wants to talk about it every week. It shouldn't be like a top narrative. All the, all the crypto media picked it up. They all loved it. But it's not something that I think needs to be in the news cycles every week or every month. It's, it's something that can be ongoing while we still continue to do the work that we've been doing. Yeah, totally. But I may bring up some reminders and remind people to send that email, uh, over the next couple, uh, couple firesides. Um, yeah, there, there was an update to the, um, Completely unrelated, but there was an update um, to the uh, previously settled, reopened uh, class action. That was pretty interesting. Did anyone have a chance to dig through that uh, court docket? W uh, no. When was this update? Uh, I, I don't know what day. Like a couple of months ago or like something? More no, th there, there was an update recently. I don't know what day. And I'll repeat, I'm firewalled from all of this. And so is most or all of the other people in the ENF. So I don't have a whole lot more information than I share here. Um, and that's for, for good reason. Same with everyone else on the team. So in, including Block 1 employee, previous former Block 1 employees, none of them are involved with this. Um, but I can speak on... Um, what I read in that PDF file, that's a completely separate issue. Is, um, I don't understand all of it. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, but on page five of the docket, it mentions how there will be like some kind of media push around it as like court mandated. And it calls out like Coindesk, Cointelegraph, Google Ad Network. A, a media push about what exactly? I'm I'm not sure. I'm just pointing out 
that's that's regarding I, I, did, I didn't read the whole thing man. I'm, I, that was awarded a year ago and then like potentially canceled there was a tweet by Trimbot uh, that had um, yeah, a PDF I was talking about whether a I think if I recall correctly he was talking about whether a judge would accept or deny the uh, the settlement I didn't get a chance to read fully into it though I, I'll see if I can find the tweet yeah, I, I just saw that it was posted. I don't want to. <laughs> I didn't read the whole thing. I don't understand it. I, it was just an update on it. Like every couple of months, it seems like there's an update shared, and usually Trimbot or someone else in the community usually shares them. Definitely some interesting tweets from Trimbot. Uh, I tried to get him on the show for everyone, he was not available today. Maybe maybe he comes on another show. If you uh, if you talk to Trimbot, send him a message. Tell him we want to hear from him on this topic, uh, potentially on another fireside. Yeah, I, I think it's difficult to have an anonymous figure with such. It's making such influential moves. That's that's not. That's rough. That's rough to take. We need people. I mean, Eves has the right to do what he's doing, whether I disagree with it or not, or other people agree or not. But an anonymous figure, ugh, that's hard. Yeah, uh, that's a valid, va valid criticism towards uh, these anon accounts for sure. But on the other side, there's some very legit reasons why you'd want to stay anon if you're attacking very rich companies kind of you know like block one well he's not just attacking block one he's 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 pumping and dumping in telegram let's be honest i i think there's one thing to point out i'll just just as chris barnes just jumping in i guess um the trimbot thing you know twitter there is a history of uh twitter they will respond to legal um, injunctions essentially. So even though Trimbot quote unquote is anonymous, um, there is a still like it's, he's not uh, anonymity is not as cut and dry as some of us might think. So I think he still has to watch what he does. I think it's part of the reason why he probably stepped away. And uh, he has said some things that, um, especially towards Bloomer himself, um, and he's kind of stated some call them accusations, but they're a little more strongly worded than that. That. Uh, could bite him in the ass, I think. I mean, I, I'd be cautious if I was the dude, personally. But um, I just have a question about generally, when we're looking at like this narrative of suing B1 because of the unfulfilled promise of $1 billion, that seems to be the big talking point. Has anybody actually gone through and done a real serious attempt to try to figure out what Block 1 did spend? Because I think a lot of the narrative is like, you know, when, people, when they gave the 500000 to Eden, for example, I saw a lot of comments like, well, there's... 0.000% or whatever of uh, of the 1 billion. It basically is kind of presupposing that $0 were provided from that $1 billion commitment that is always referenced. I just don't think that's accurate because uh, I mean, they did give to some investment firms like Galaxy Digital and maybe they might have failed in what they were trying to do. But that, I mean, it's is it block one's fault entirely? They can, is that still count to $0? When they did um, different hackathons and grants, that's all real money. 
And does like, does anyone have a number? Like, are, are we just kind of just going with this? Like it was zero. So we deserve 1 billion or are people actually being slightly more responsible and trying to actually come up with an actual factual number based on the fact that anyone did give money to some stuff. It's a good question. I wonder how much they did. It did amount to, and I bet, if there is a class action lawsuit, they will um, put their accountants to work as fast as possible to produce that number. But I'm not sure if anyone that has privy uh, information is like privy to that information. There's no way it gets up to one billion. <clears throat> and if you're like, oh yeah, hey, I gave this team a billion, I told them to invest in EOS, but they invested in in Ethereum. Oopsies, that's not my fault. I doubt, you know. They can invest in EOS though, Stefan, you know that. Is the minute B1 explicitly only directed energy towards one single application of the EOS IO software stack, they turn EOS into a security, right? So, so which, I, I just get, I'm confused by what the community wants. It's like, and even part of this actual thing that's being put forward, I mean, these are all steps that turns EOS into a security. Like, do people realize the risk that you're taking with these types of actions? Because it's not just one-sided. There, there is another angle to this that I feel like people's greed and anger are getting the better of themselves. And like, there's another side of the story that I feel like folks are not, they're not hearing because no one's telling it. Because the moment you try to tell it, guys like me, you get shit on nonstop. So I just, I'll stop talking. I'll say something right now, but generally I'm staying out of it because I don't agree. I think y'all are going to fuck EOS up hard, <laughs> more so than you might get a couple of dollars from B1. Which, I mean, again, I don't think you're, oh, good luck, I guess, but it's, uh, I think there's um, some missing information here and people are being a little bit one-sided in their um, assumptions about what's going on. I'm going to leave that up to the lawyers, but if there's a list for uh, aggrieved token holders, I'm definitely going to put my name on that list um, because I personally uh, don't think it's right what they did and uh, I'd like to see uh, that, uh, that wrong being, uh, you know, punished somehow and right you know if i try to put myself in the mind of a b1 lawyer for the purposes of understanding the validity of the case i would ask i would say oh we got an echo uh i would say uh enf how can you complain when you've turned EOS community or you've turned EOS into an EVM? Yes, we gave all this money to Ethereum when we said we were going to give it to EOS, but you guys turned around and created an EVM as the primary feature of the of the community. How can you complain about about us? That's what I that's what I would be would be going to my mind, and that would be going into the ear of the judge once he understood it. That's all, thanks. I want to comment on one thing Chris said. Um, has nothing to do with what everyone's talking about, but Twitter is not anonymous. Oh, um, there was a stolen board ape the other day that was um, sold back to its original owner and the innocent middleman who uh, handled the, the transaction, who basically said, oh, the hacker gave me custody to try to sell it, 
he happened to have a, uh, a a blue check mark, which, as we all know, costs money right now. It's ten dollars a month, so you're putting you're basically KYCing with Twitter, and the guy basically is fucked because Twitter is not anonymous. I agree with that. I mean, especially with the the putting your credit card in anything, you're no longer anonymous. It's very hard to stay anonymous. You need to work very carefully at it. Best to just assume it's not anonymous. <clears throat> All right. Uh, are we ready to uh, move on to some other topics? Still got a couple nice ones to cover before the end of the show. But I don't want to rush people if there's still uh, people who want to who talk about this. I want to give you credit, Stefan, for uh, addressing hard topics. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. I just want to say, generally speaking, that when there is a grievance between parties, um, sometimes a third party is needed in order to get closure and put and and close a chapter. And so, um, you know, it makes sense that people would want to pursue that path. Um, so I sympathize. Um, it just seems like maybe the only path in some respects for the EOS community to, to get there. Um, cause I hear a lot of people saying like, I'll put it all behind you and do this or do that or, or even the other side too. But, um, yeah, generally speaking, the only way is to have a mediator or some intervention of some kind in any conflict. So I don't know how you you get there without that, personally. Very reasonable comment from the very reasonable Lovejoy. <laughs> hey, that's uh, that's um, who's who do I call the most reasonable man? Aaron, Aaron, he's the most reasonable man. Maybe I could be like second or third most reasonable, but fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. We're going to talk about um, the Binance AMA next week. Is that on the agenda? Yeah, that's on the agenda. We can we can talk about it now if you want. Let me let me pull yeah. up the tweet here. Binance tweeted was this today? Um Anyways, this was just announced not too long ago. It was announced yesterday. Eve is going to be doing another Binance AMA on uh, May 31st at 12 p.m. UTC. That is 8 a.m. Eastern. And uh, as always, these EOS AMAs, there's uh, 1,000 EOS in prizes to be won if you ask questions, uh, if your question is picked. Uh, there's always a ton of people in these. It's kind of crazy how many, uh, how many comments and questions scroll through these AMAs. And of course, it's a great opportunity for EOS to, to gain more exposure uh, in the wider crypto community. Oh, but there's more. Oh, but there's so more. <laughs> there's also another uh, learn to earn campaign uh, coming. I think probably tomorrow uh, that announcement should come out from Binance. So essentially the same thing we did a couple of months ago. 
where you basically you read about EOS on the profile page and watch the video. And basically from that information, you should be able to find the answers to some new questions about EOS. Um, and there is a, a two EOS reward for anyone who completes that. And those EOS are rewarded under um, a 150-day staking duration. And the last time that we ran uh, this program, it was very, very uh, successful. So Binance's user base is so big, everyone's KYC'd. So there's really, it, it's a whole different um, set of um, people that'll be taking the quiz because their user base is in the millions. So um, just for reference, how successful the last quiz was, I'll read you some statistics from uh, February. So when we did the last Learn and Earn campaign in Binance AMA, um, on the EOS profile page, which is where you got to go to get your answers for the quiz, uh, there were 800,000 uh, unique viewers who viewed that page. So almost a million impressions on the page to read about EOS. Um, 25.5 thousand people actually took the quiz. And because um, they had a staking incentive program going on at that same time, um, there was a 71.86% increase in staking by user count. Uh, by token amount, there was a 21% increase in staking on Binance. That means locking up your EOS. And in dollar value, there was a 25.18% increase in staked dollar value um, using the Binance like staking. They have different um, timeframes that you could stake for different APRs. Very cool. I don't think I had heard those stats before. Those are fairly impressive numbers, sounds like. Yeah, and that and the AMA itself, uh, I think the last one got 31, 32,000 views on the video, and around 26,000 were watching it live. And once again, most of those users are logging into the live stream. They don't do it on YouTube. They do it on their own video platform because they could do airdrops and all kinds of incentives during the live stream. And all of those users are KYC'd. All of those people are real users. They're not bots. That's literally 25,000 people, maybe a little bit less because not everyone's logged in. But we, we know a high percentage of them are logged in to their Binance accounts. Very cool, very cool. Um, when we were at Consensus, uh, we met with a, a lot of the other exchanges, and they run similar programs. I can't say that they're all as successful and as large as Binance, but uh, there will be more opportunities for Learn to Earn and AMAs through other uh, exchange partners. So there you have it, new Binance AMA and new Learn to Earn opportunities. There you go. All right, before uh, before Nathan has to go, I'd like to invite him on stage to talk a bit about uh, some videos that he's posted. Nathan, are you still around? I am still around. There you go. So we, uh, yeah, take the mic and uh, talk to us a bit about what you're doing out here on social media. Sure, so uh, I think last week, 
I released two videos. Uh, they are aimed at EVM, so getting started with hard hat, basically, uh, learning how to compile, test, and deploy contracts. <clears throat> and then also, um, I can't even remember what the other one was. Uh, but basically, what, what we're trying to do here is we're starting to focus more on video tutorials. Uh, yeah, thank you. It was verifying your smart contracts. Um, we're trying to focus more on video tutorials and courses on the Learn Portal, which has been lacking some love for a while. The original intention for it was to have a lot of videos uh, there, both from internal and the community, but the documentation lacked more love and was a little bit more pressing. Uh, so we focused all of our efforts on that. Um, but now that the documentation has reached a threshold of content that I'm happy with, we're going to start focusing more on video. Uh, we're not going to stop doing any written content, but we're going to be putting a lot more resources or a lot of our resources towards video, which is something that we hadn't had a chance to do in the past. In general, uh, we're focusing a lot on EOS EVM. Uh, right now, there's a lot of material in the on the internet about EVMs and developing on EVMs, but none of them mention EOS, which is a little problematic. We want to make sure that EOS is a possible path for developers trying to learn Solidity development in general, since Solidity development is the most widely known blockchain development stack in the world. Uh, we want to be able to catch some of that. Um, so we'll be flooding the internet with uh, written video guides on the subject as much as we possibly can, of course. Uh, and a lot of that will um, be very similar to other content that's already out there for other EVMs. So there's going to be some basics. There's going to be things that um, already exist so that we can take care of, uh, we can take advantage of high ranking keywords. But some of it will also be things that, of course, you can only really do on EOS. So things that require high speeds, uh, low costs, et cetera. Um, so we're, we're trying to tackle it from a bunch of different avenues. The real thing that we want to do here is make sure that people see faces. They have another way for uh, learning to develop on EOS. There's a widely known uh, fact that people learn in different ways. Of course, not everybody learns from documentation. I, for instance, actually really don't like to go through documentation. I prefer to go through code or watch videos. Um, so we're trying to capture more of the ways that people can learn and focus our efforts there. All right, thanks for that update. Uh, sounds like a great idea. You produce some really nice, high quality videos and speak they uh, speak well and uh, in a clear manner. So I think that that's really good. I do have a uh, a call to the public. So the Learn portal, uh, learn.eosnetwork.com, is not just for things that are produced from the ENF. Uh, there are other courses there from others. Uh, there's one for, for Pomelo, for instance. We want this to be a discovery mechanism. We don't want this just to be uh, things that we do internally. Anybody who's creating educational content, especially the stuff that's targeting developers, uh, if you reach out to me and just show me where the videos are, I will help you create a course for it that we can put onto the Learn Portal. Um, we're also starting to take other uh, courses from people. There's uh, Hashlips, for instance, on, on YouTube, who is a larger Ethereum or EVM uh, Solidity contract developer. And we're going to start creating courses from that uh, and others like him and using those to also put uh, educational content onto this Learn Portal, which services the EOS community as well as just uh, Web3 in general.
So we're trying to not only make this a place for uh, EOS developers, but use it to funnel in people from outside of our ecosystem into EOS. Good stuff. All right. Moving on to our next topic, let's talk a bit about Wax IBC. So interblockchain communication on Antelope has arrived for the Wax network. And now if I'm not mistaken, this means all four Antelope Coalition networks are now connected together. Wax, EOS, Telos, and UX can bridge assets from one network to another in a way that doesn't require trust of a third party. Very cool. Um, let me see here. Is Brendan still with us? I know Lovejoy was very excited when we talked earlier uh, about this topic. I don't know if you want to share your excitement with the community. Yeah, um, man. <clears throat> I I don't know about anyone else, but I've been super pumped about IBC for, I mean, since it was talked about like four years ago, at least. Uh, just the idea of multiple, we didn't know it would be called antelope, but multiple antelope uh, networks all being able to inter uh, interoperate like this um, is a kind of a dream come true. I'm super pumped. It's like I always visualized Voltron. That's why I dropped Voltron in the chat there because I grew up in that era when the the four the five actually it's five lions. So technically, we're going to need to add uh, one more chain to make Voltron. Um, we just have four so it was like really like a body without maybe like a head with missing a leg or i don't know but we have all the chains connected so and i don't know if anyone's done like the the round robin of passing tokens between every different chain um but um it's pretty epic we can do some can do some pretty cool stuff now and of course <clears throat> adding a horizontal scaling and all this stuff on top of it for each I mean, it means more. The IBC, obviously, the IBC um, protocol means more than just being able to connect um, the coalition blockchains because it also means we can all have side chains if need be or single use, single purpose chains. So, very stoked. Um, just feels like uh, the the coalition is finally connected. So, yeah, I'm super pumped. I'd be curious to hear other people's thoughts on it. And yeah, form Voltron. <laughs> IBC. There we go. So IBC connecting WAX to EOS and the other networks. Very cool. All right, a bit. A, actually, um, let's see, is Bishop still around? patiently waiting for me to uh introduce the eos res the latest eos respect election results that happened uh, maybe week before last or last week i just want to say i just want to say one more thing before bishop jumps in i just want to say like congratulations to everybody that made ibc possible because if you think about this too the other thing that's really exciting about this is that this wasn't like this was theorized from the beginning but it wasn't really planned you know, I mean, it was uh, it was a long time coming, and it kind of happened organically through a lot of struggle um, to make this possible. So it wasn't just like pre 
scripted, um, like laid out from the beginning, um, much like the foundation, it was kind of organically formed after a really long, arduous journey. So big, big props to all the engineers and everybody that worked really hard on that because it was not an easy accomplishment. Yeah, and it's a good point you bring up. IBC was one of the things that got me very excited about EOS and this possibility of having a bunch of antelope chains all connected together you know was was definitely something that had me very excited all the way back in late 2017 um came took a bit longer than i thought it would for this to come to fruition but uh very cool that yeah a lot of a lot of talented engineers came together over the last i don't know year year and a half two years to make this happen so very cool. And now I look forward to seeing how these dApps will integrate this into all, um, yeah, into all their dApps. Yeah. And shout out, um, of course, to Guillaume and the, the UX team um, and the coalition itself. If it wasn't for the coalition having been formed to begin with, like this would have never come about. We would have just been four separate chains going four separate ways with a disjointed code base but now we have a code base that is um unified and everyone's uh, able to contribute back to that same code base so this is yeah i think it represents much more than just sending tokens from one chain to another so yeah absolutely and maybe now the incentives are more aligned for all of these four chains to work together whereas maybe that alignment was kind of missing before which may have led to some uh you know competition between the chains let's just say absolutely and we'll be talking a bit more about this unification of the chains uh later on in the show when we talk about pomelo season six with the telos pool that's involved but before we get to that i want to invite bishop onto the stage to share with us um yeah y'all's respect and uh the results of the recent election yes hello everyone thank you stefan a very interesting discussion so far. I only got into the US ecosystem about two years ago, so it was very touching hearing all of these different stories about the inception of EOS and these very personal stories about it, uh, how everyone experienced it. So on my end so far, very good. So for my two years in the EOS ecosystem, I couldn't be happier. I found a place where I could thrive with uh, your support, and I'm very pleased where I'm at right now. So I'm here to discuss uh, the EOS Respect elections. So for everyone that isn't familiar with uh, this concept, EOS Respect is the ambassador's program of EOS support. So we cloned the EOS EdenOS dApp used in Eden elections. We renamed it RespectOS and improved it even further. Uh, since the development was stopped at the time by the Fractally team on Eden, uh, it was good that someone took over and made it available to many other organizations. So we did just that. We offered our services to help any organization implement it for their specific use. And we developed the use respect treasury that anyone or any business can donate to. And we started, well, having elections for nine months now. And, uh, well, whenever someone wants to know how they can join your support and contribute to our team and everyone involved with us, we can simply redirect them to use respect. So from there, they have a reliable way to collaborate with other community members add their value to the EOS ecosystem in any way they want and direct the EOS respect funds to what matters most to them, as recognized, of course, by the participants in the elections 
when electing delegates. So people find consensus on whether someone that just joined a month ago or two months ago has contributed value to the ecosystem. And if recognized, well, they simply get well, compensated for the value they bring. Very simple. And for nine months now, well, we couldn't be happier. We have just released the video recording for the ninth election. It's about a an hour and a half. And you can see there all the discussions that took place, uh, the consensus in the breakout rooms, everything just like in Eden is public for everyone to see. And so for our new delegates this time around, we have five of them. And those are Andres Palma. So shout out to him and to EOS Mexico. He's the leader and creator of EOS Mexico. And he has just joined also EOS Synergy, which is another decentralized organization that we launched at EOS Support that is specifically targeted at uh, content creators. So Andres Palmar has joined EOS Respect to, again, receive funding for 50% uh, of funding he received was for the creation of a logo for EOS Mexico, and the other 50% was to promote the organization and its events. After that, we have uh, Thian, which is a member of EOS Audit and has helped a lot uh, writing the reports that everyone in the community so far has been able to enjoy and look at to know more about the projects that we have in the EOS ecosystem and see how transparent they are about the updates they bring to the community. So on his side, he promised to use 20% of the funding as payment for the expenses of his own project, which is Genki, and the other 35% to donate to Pomelo Season 6 affiliated projects of your support. After that, the rest will go to your Synergy, your Audit, and your Learn and Earn, another decentralized community that we launched specifically targeted at uh, educational content creators. After that, we have Evgeny from the Russian community of EOS, and he pledged to give away his funds to your Synergy, your Audit as well, and Pomelo grants affiliated with EOS support. After that, we have Haza, which is another member of EOS Synergy. He, is, uh, he has launched his own show for the African community to showcase everything that happens in the EOS ecosystem to do education about the Web3. I highly invite you all to go check out the EOS Mexico shows and Haza with EOS Pulse. And, well, he promised to donate to your support and, as well, EOS Respect affiliated projects. That you can all see all the affiliated projects with your support. So these are projects that are affiliated with us, that have pledged to respect the bylaws of your respect, and uh, have a direct line of contact with us. So all our collection on Pomelo, uh, we have around 30 projects affiliated with us. So that's a good place to see which are the projects that, well, took the initiative of uh, taking a step forward and, uh, well, showing real transparency about what they do, what they're working on, and re regular updates about their work. After that, we have only two delegates to go, and these are Nicolas, Nicolas Davoine from EOSBs, uh, which uh, has pledged to do swarms uh, for Randall Roland, which has posted many tweets so far uh, showcasing the EOS ecosystem. And 80% uh, of the funds after that will be used for the swarms and the other 20% will go to EOS Vietnam at the next uh, Pomelo season. And after the last one, we have Sukanta, which is a member from the EOS community in India, uh, which promised to give equal parts of his fund to EOS Synergy, EOS Nigeria and MetaHub. So what we can see from here and what we can see from everything that has been happening since the nine months that we have done these elections is that not only one project from the delegates enjoyed from the funds they receive, 
most of the funding that the delegates receive are going to different projects in the youth community and at Pomelo seasons. So that's a very pleasing thing to see. And for nine months now, we have seen the community grow, even more people come in. So that only helps with the synergy that I suspect as what I wanted to bring to the youth community. And the next step for us uh, will be to prepare for the on-chain launch of the new decentralized organizations. So EOS Synergy, EOS Learn and Earn, and EOS Audit. With the specific goal in mind to have these communities with specific goals for people that have unique skills that they want to bring to these communities. So EOS Synergy for the content creators, they want people that want to promote EOS. And after that, well, EOS Learn and Earn and EOS Audit for the auditors. So. Very exciting election so far. Uh, very pleasing to having hosted this one. It was on May 16th, just uh, last week. And so I highly invite anyone that wants to join these elections, that wants to bring value in any way they want to the EOS ecosystem, to contact us at EOS support and uh, on our website. And so there, from there, we'll induct you into EOS respect. And you'll be able to add your value in any way you want. And we'll find consensus on the best delegates to elect at the next elections in one month. So thank you, everyone. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you very much, Bishop, for that great overview of the most recent EOS Respect election. Obviously, EOS Respect, you talked about uh, Pomelo. That leads us to our next topic, Pomelo Season 6 just around the corner applications open in one week and the team recently released uh the pomelo grants season handbook season six handbook so um well this is for all seasons actually let me share the link here in the in the chat basically this document compiles a lot of information and content that the pomelo team has published over the last a year, maybe even more. And so if you're looking for questions, if you're looking for a particular post, this is a great spot to start. This is a great post to share with uh, community members that you're trying to invite to the Pomelo community or that may have questions. Uh, there's a ton of information in this document and a ton of links as well uh, to learn all about quadratic funding, the trust bonus, what are collections, uh, grants, when applications close, donations close, what the analysis period is all about, uh, all sorts of aspects of the Pomelo crowdfunding platform uh, you can find information about in this, uh, in this article. And then the other thing I wanted to quickly mention about Pomelo is that our Telegram channel has now been divided into topics. So the Pomelo has grown, the Pomelo community has grown a lot over the last five years. There's more and more features now. There's, of course, this season, new matching partners. There's a variety of different pools. So there's a lot of topics uh, to cover when you want to discuss uh, Pomelo. So we thought that separating our Telegram channel into various topics would help structure those discussions and help people, you know, find the information they're looking for quickly. So we've got uh, six current topics in there. So we've got the grants, which is probably going to be our most uh, popular channel leading up to season six and during season six. So in this channel, we encourage both Telos uh, community members that are posting grants for the Telos pool and EOS community members posting grants for some of the EOS pools 
to uh, you know talk about their grants, their ideas, questions, etc. Anything that has to do with grants can be uh, can be done in that topic, and hopefully this will lead to you know some more cross pollinization between EOS and Telos. Now that the incentives for both of these communities are stronger and stronger, stronger aligned together, um, we thought this would make sense. Of course, let us know what you think of these topics. We want to make sure it's uh, they're adapted to the community. Sorry about that. Um, other topics, my God. All right, found a glass of water. I don't think I'm dying anymore. Other topics, we have bounties, of course, bounties on Pomelo are not yet released, but they will be soon enough. And so if you have any questions or if we have any announcements about that, that's where we'll, we'll be sharing that. Shill and Share allows you to share shill your grants and share the progress of your grants. Bugs and abuse is where we want you guys to report any suspicious activity from uh, community members, maybe from grants, report bugs on the platform, all that kind of stuff can be done in that channel. And then we got facts and support. And then of course we archive the old channel so that people who do want to look at the past history can do that there. So that's a quick update uh, on my side from, uh, from Pomelo. And yeah. So there, so so that's that's what that's all about. All right, let's see what else do we have here. Uh, we got a couple more quick topics before we wrap up the show today. Operator roundtable summary from the good people at EOS Respect. These operator roundtable meetings happen three times a week, uh, three times a month now, I think, and these summaries come out uh, once every two weeks. So if you're wondering. What's going on in the world of EOS node operators? You can check that out. Some news about CDT 4.0. Uh, they're talking about Dune patches and um, Leap patches released, that type of stuff. You can find that information uh, in that report. All right, what's going on in the chats? A lot of Autobots, Autobot pictures. Um, Daniel Keys linking to our Pomelo channel. Thank you, Daniel, for that. There we go. And then final topic of the day, real quickly, just wanted to mention Spark Week in Upland. So if you're an Upland player, make sure to get in there this week and earn more Spark than usual. All right, that's gonna wrap up the topics I had planned. So at this point, of course, we're gonna open it up to the community, if you guys have other topics you wanted to talk about, updates from your projects, questions for one of the 66 people currently in here, um, or even off-topic stuff, crypto news, macroeconomic news, what you had for lunch, whatever it is, now's the time to talk about it. Is that it? No, 
no friendly banter, no random topics, no random questions. Feels like that's the first time that happens. What did you have for uh, lunch today, Steph? What did I have for lunch? Oh, a salad. Nice, healthy salad. Uh, with a side of not-so-healthy chips after that. <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. That's a balanced diet. There you go. Drew, ha- Drew asked, what happens to crypto if the U.S. defaults? That's a great question. Dun, dun, dun. Let's, wait, let's wait a few days and we'll find out. <laughs> Shit. Is the uh, is the default preordained? Is it just is this planned? Is it going to happen no matter what? Because Ooh, it's supposed I, to. I just checked uh, just checked the markets for the first time today. Uh, not just crypto, but all markets getting hammered or not hammered, but every everything's down from mm. from all of the stocks that I'm tracking. Sounds like, uh, yeah, this looming debt crisis is, is starting to have an impact. Jack Bites wants to know some opinions about Fed Now coming in July. What is the Fed Now? That's like a CBDC light or something from the U.S. government. Wasn't it a bl- another blockchain that had a piece of that? Um, wasn't it like, isn't it like? Proton or somebody metal? like metal, metal, yeah, metal. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I saw some news about that on Twitter recently, but I didn't quite understand what it was. I didn't about. It was a little close to home, though. It felt like uh, it was like a derivative, like former, not quite antelope, but um, USIO based, maybe. Maybe. Which makes sense if you were going to power a CBDC. <laughs> I did actually sit, read a little bit about it, so maybe I, I only read uh, the non-relevant parts, but it seemed like it was on centralized services and not on blockchain. Huh. Well, Though I also saw uh, Proton slash Metal um, mentioned there in some of the uh, news It is sponsored by the Fed Reserve, and all the banks have to adopt it, but it is tokenized, though, Jack Bites says. Andrew has the answer to what happens to the crypto markets if the U.S. defaults. He has proclaimed that one doge will equal one doge. Well done, sir. If the U.S. defaults, um, maybe Elon Musk will just buy the U.S. Is that possible? Anything's possible with Elon Musk. I like how you said that as if it already hadn't happened. (laughs) I'm just leaving a little room for it. Imagination, you know. Yeah. 
I imagine if the US defaults, it's gonna be bad for crypto prices in the short term, maybe good in the medium term. And of course, good in the long term, but I always assume everything's good for crypto in the long term. <laughs> maybe it's just gonna straight moon, just straight moon. Once people realize these governments cannot be trusted with our monetary policy. TechBite says the U.S. will not default, so buy it accordingly. So buy hmm. it accordingly, yeah. It, it hasn't defaulted yet, to my knowledge, at any point, have we? Ever? No? Like, we always get really close. I don't know. No, I think it. I I read a, I read somewhere that it, it has in the in the past defaulted on some things. But I know that recent history is always this dance. Of, oh no, the debt ceiling. Oh no, and then they pass it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a ritual we perform every so many years. We everyone freaks out about the debt ceiling. The market is shaking it off until recently. What is it? Dow drops for a fourth straight day on US default worries. Random article here, I'm being promoted. Um, so yeah. Imagine how much money you could make if you knew the deal was done, but it wasn't public yet. These politicians. Politicians slash best traders in the world. What a job. Part of the plan. <laughs> right. All right. Friendly reminder, get your pop tokens in the pop bot chat for today. Jump in here on the five years of EOS moments. Uh, Twitter thread, if you haven't yet joined the contest, this, this week's contest ends on Friday. And then uh, you'll get your EOS moments box uh, after that. And then, uh, yeah. Join us for Wednesday, 7th of June for an anniversary themed uh, fireside. Should be a fun one. Oh, one thing I'm gonna start doing actually during these, uh, these outros is teasing some of the potential guests that we'll have on next fireside. So we're, uh, I'm currently talking with John from Boyd to have him on next week, talk about the antelope firewall that he's been working on. And also we may have Edgar from Edenia coming on to talk about a recent article that uh, the Edenia team published. I'll share, I'll share the article here in the chat right now for those of you who want to do your homework and get ready for, uh, for potentially Edgar or others from the Edenia team. Title of the blog post is Understanding the Microchain Design Pattern on Smart Contracts. It is long, it is technical, you have been warned. But uh, hopefully, hopefully someone from their team will be able to dumb it down for some of us uh, next week on the Fireside. All right, let's wrap it up there. Yeah, baby, yeah. Thank you everyone for joining this fireside. Look forward to doing it all over again next week. Hope you guys have a good week until then. 
And of course, let's go EOS! Go EOS! EOS! Go, go, gadget, go! Yeah, man. The 80s, the 80s live on.